In this episode of the Mind vs. Muscle podcast, we go over how to improve your sleep, the best shoes to wear when you're training, thyroid issues, particularly hypothyroidism, but we cover everything about thyroid issues and exactly how you should train, eat, and supplement around it to still see results. The best diet approach when you're looking to gain muscle but minimize fat gain. We also talk about John Berardi's G-Flux concept. We talk about supplements and we talk about a specific case study with a female client who are under eating when tracking macros. This podcast is full of answers, solutions, and knowledge bombs. Uh, it's a Q&A and we literally go deep in this really fun conversation between Theo and I. So stay tuned and you will hear that. One quick announcement for everybody listening. If you are a fan and if you have been listening to the podcast and if you want to show us some love, we would love and appreciate the hell out of you if you could go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review. If you're already subscribed, you actually have to go down and search us in the podcast on iTunes. Then you can leave us a, a rating and review. Once again, we would love and appreciate that so much because it allows us to grow and keep delivering more content. Without further ado, here's the show. What is going on, guys? Another episode of the Mind vs. Muscle Podcast. Today, we're going to do a Q&A. I got a fat list of questions that have been taking way too long to answer. They've been in my notes for months, so we're actually going to get to them today, so I apologize for the wait, but the point is is we are answering your questions, and I think we had a couple more on the, the team page that yeah, we'll answer, yeah. so if we want to bust that out. So let's just get right into shit. We're going to start with Chris Bear's question. She says, how to improve... Your sleep. So I think I think it was a longer question. It was like different ways to implement or, or whatever. But um, I think this one's pretty easy. We can like probably crank this out quick. But I think I think people are underestimating the simple things. Like I had a guy in uh, my business coaching group, um, and we're he. So he's in. Uh, he owns a. I'm, I'm not 100 sure, but it's like a it's like a horse racing business which is fucking dope but so um which is it's so fucking cool dude so we combined the fitness group and the other group and at first you get kind of resistance because you're like man these are my boys now i gotta like share this whole group and there's like 18 of us now um including our coach the 17 but then you start like seeing these insights from these other businesses and like where these guys are at and i'm like so i was like i wasn't complaining but i was like cringing my teeth about spending a couple hundred bucks on marketing a month you know because everything i do is organic right and then I hear someone talking about like uh, like oh well last last month it was like 100k in, in ads on Facebook and blah blah Jesus. and I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> like nuts sank up into my stomach right. like what the fuck but then it gives you a different perspective now it's all relative right that's a million dollar business and he's not taking home a million dollars every you know what I mean like it's a it's a completely different thing but if you look at like the relative scale which I did mapped out I realized that I'm still not spending as much. As I could be. Right. And then I tried it out and then all of a sudden it worked and I was like, okay. But like, I think what it is, fly on my mic, man. Um, I think what it is is like one out of 10 Facebook ads actually work. So like I would try one and quit and get pissed, right? Yeah, so, yeah. but anyway, so when one question he was asking, he was like, I have a question for the fit guys. Like he, he's going on this like fitness journey trying to finally get in shape and like do that whole realm of his life. And he was like, I need recovery strategies. Like, would you guys go to float tank? Would you do massage every week? Like, he wants to, like, invest and do all this stuff. And I was like, how, how many hours are you sleeping? And he was just like, oh, uh, you know, like, I don't know. I was like, dude, like, that's always the first fucking thing. So 
with sleep in general, like I think there's a lot of like there's uh, sleep aid pills, there's like like blue light blockers, yeah. all these things. Like my recommendation is make your room cold and make it pitch black, and you're good. Like studies have shown, if it's literally pitch fucking black, like darker than dark. You will sleep – like the quality of your sleep, you might not sleep longer, but your quality of sleep will be so much better that you'll actually see a significant difference. And then it's like between 61 to 66 degrees Fahrenheit in your room, you're going to sleep better. So my recommendation is just cool it down and darken it up. Yeah. You should be fine. Don't overthink about I, it. I think that uh, you know, I've heard the whole like TV and cell phone thing. Like you know, right. you shouldn't be watching anything or be on your phone like an hour before you go to sleep. Yeah. Honestly, uh, you know, I don't necessarily follow that rule, but what I do is I turn my phone on like night night shift or yeah. night mode or whatever. Yeah. So like it just it takes out all the blue light. Right. Um so it doesn't like my brain's not being tricked into thinking that it's yeah. that it's daylight, right? Yeah. Um so I'm I'm able to to get to sleep a lot faster. Um the other thing too is like I just make sure that like I'm eating um, and and drinking, you know, enough water, which I've been a lot better about uh, lately. And I noticed that uh, I noticed that my sleep has been a lot better. I think it had more to do with the water. I've always ate really well, yeah, but it, it had more to do with my water intake than anything. So I changed that. So it was like super simple things, um, but like. Yeah, I mean, like, not to to make sure that your brain isn't super wired before you, you yeah. lay down, and then you're just constantly thinking about shit. So I wouldn't, like, a lot of people actually, like, read before they go to bed. Oh, dude, I was just going to suggest that. But, yeah, but then, like, if you think about it, right, like, I'll, I'll read stuff, of, like, if, I, if I'm on an article, and then I start thinking about how I'm going to implement that, like, yeah. you know what I mean, like, into my business and, I think and stuff like that. So. The, the reason I like reading is because I can put my phone on Nightshade. Or night shift, and I can't put my TV on that. Right. So even though the TV might be mindless, it, it does wire me because it's light and it's bright. Yeah, yeah. My phone isn't, so like I will literally read until I start like dozing off, and then I'm like, okay, cool, and I just fall asleep. Yeah. So that's a big one too. Um, and I think all those things work, um, but something probably should probably ch- touch on is just stress. Yeah. Like if you can just lower your general stress, I think you would be. Yeah. I always do diaphragmatic breathing, like, while I'm in the bed. Really? And that just, like, helps calm me down. Dude, you know what we did the other day? Um, so, like, almost every single night, Chen's ready for bed. I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm good. Like, I'm not. I'll, I'll go lay in there with you, but I'm reading. So, I'm, like, up on, like, Nation or fucking Breaking mm-hmm. Trades website or right. whatever, just reading shit. And she was like, uh, well, why don't we just meditate then? And I was like, excuse me? Like, because she, she never meditates. And, uh... She was like, yeah, like, uh, use your app. I downloaded it too. Like, let's just lay in bed. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll do that because I wanted her to meditate, right? And then, like, we turned the thing on. And she grabbed my hand and I just put my hand on her stomach. And I was just out. Started meditating and I started going through my mantras and she was doing her mantras and I just fell asleep to the to this thing. So that's another way. Like, just meditate, right? Like, um, repeat mantras in your head. It's just like, and it's funny if you think about it. Like, so the calming noises are good. I, I think I have a, my app's called Relax Melody. So I listen to, like, the ocean. And then if you think about counting sheep, it's literally like kind of what a mantra does, right? Like you repeat the same thing over and over and over and over and over again until you just pass out. So I've heard the whole counting sheep thing. Yeah. How, how, how the fuck do you count sheep? One sheep, two sheep, oh, three okay, sheep, okay, four okay. sheep. And you try to go up as I high as you can. I thought you were just like fucking picturing nah, but sheep <laughs> in your fucking mind. Just like, I do. It's I a, bl- it's like a blank was... place and it's like, a, like just blank white and it's just one sheep. Yeah, but see, if I was to think about something like that, I think that I would. Yeah. I think well, so. 
you'll never get to 100 sheep. Yeah. You'll pass out, right? Yeah. But, like, for me, the mantras work really well, like, yeah. right? Like, I can talk about sleeping or I can talk about my anxiety and my yeah. excitement or whatever I want to yeah. do. Um, for me, it was just powerful, too, because, like, I'm weird where I, like, I'm like, yo, I need to touch your stomach because I got to give the baby my energy. Like, yeah. I think that's a thing, and I'm, like, just holding it. So, for me, meditating and saying mantras about the baby was cool, and then, like, I just feel good about mm-hmm. baby probably doesn't know what else going on, but still, like, I feel like it's getting my energy. But meditation is a good one to fall asleep quicker, I think. Yeah. And I, I want to do more studies on on sleep and, and recovery. I mean, that's kind of part of my whole uh, 2018. Dude, look, look up uh, Sean Stevenson. He has the, um, I think his podcast called The Model Health Show. Which is weird. I think he's like a male model. Oh, okay. He's like a really good looking guy, but he has a really big following on the podcast. But he is uh, known for doing sleep studies. That's what he got his like oh, okay. PhD in or some shit like that. Because he had like a de- de- debilitating. Debilitating. He had a debilitating disease, and like the only thing that saved his life was sleep. So he went down that path of helping athletes recover better, get better results, uh, like literally cancer patients getting over cancer through sleep and recovery and shit. Fucking crazy. But um, he was on Jay Ferrugia's podcast and he was talking about like they did studies and sleep is more important than training if you yeah. want good results. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And people don't realize yeah. that, which is fucking crazy. But all right. Next we got types of shoes to wear, especially if you have white feet. Tony Marble. Uh, I'm a big fan. Like If you have... I, th- I would think that if you had wide feet and minimus shoes don't really work work well for you, um, I would say probably barefoot. Yeah, I mean definitely like, just no shoes because then you don't have any restriction. Yeah, because I have really wide feet, um, and you know, in when we were going through the strong first certification, they were like, "Yo, like take your shoes off, like when you're when you're do- performing swings and cleans and stuff like that with." with your shoes on, right? Like you're you can't grip the floor with with your feet. So, you have a really hard time of keeping yeah. your your whole foot uh grounded. So, but I think that's why I think that's why people should get wide wide-toed uh shoes even if they don't have white feet. Cuz that's the only way you're going to be able to like spread your toes and grip. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cuz that's but the But even but even then, like if you watch people, like then I started paying attention, you know, these last couple weeks of watching people who are training with shoes on. One hundred percent of people, they they can't keep their 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 toes grounded. No right. matter what shoe they got on, they can't do it. Minimum shoes or or anything, right? Yeah. Just because there's not enough grip, you're gonna have more grip with a minimum shoe. You might be able to stay grounded in like a deadlift or something like that. Um, but like if you get into more you know explosive yeah. explosive movements like a swing or something like that or a clean, a lot of those people you know they they can't. They can't keep their foot completely grounded. But then once you change the game and you take your shoes off, then you can feel the whole floor, yeah. right? And you have a lot more balance. And most people, and we've talked about this too, most people have nerve damage in their feet yeah. because they've been wearing shoes and socks for so yeah. long. Um, but if you had to give a shoe recommendation because he's not going to yeah, walk around barefoot. Say, and that's my thing too is like I hate when people walk around barefoot in the yeah. gym. It just fucking yeah. grosses me out, man. Yeah. I mean I, I do use, I'm I use say this socks, right? Because if anybody – yeah, please yeah. wear socks. And, and if you are going to do barefoot, like – Put your shoes back on when you go to the bathroom. Because we had some people in the, in the gym. Yeah, that to, shit was nasty. That's nasty, man. You're yeah. in the toilet stall with yeah. fucking barefoot. And yeah. then yeah, in a public add bathroom. that, if you're in somebody else's gym, wear socks. If you're in your own, if you own your own gym and you're like a no-shoe gym, like 
that's cool. That's your decision. But if you come in somebody else's facility, put some damn socks on. <laughs> <laughs> that's Cody's biggest pet peeve. Oh, I sent I sent him. So I was in. Uh, I don't even wear no shoes in my own fucking I, house. I was actually in the in the bathroom. This was while the strong first cert was going on um, at Vigor, and I was uh, I was in the stall. I was you know dropping a deuce, you know, a little TMI. But I I, uh, I I noticed this guy walked up to the urinal that was right next to the stall. And he was barefoot. And I almost, like, just started, like, you know, I could just feel, like, when you're about to vomit and yeah. it just, like, travels up into your yep. throat and your mouth starts to water. Like, that's – it was it was almost, like, that fucking disgusting. So I, I took a picture uh, of this guy, like, standing barefoot at the urinal and I and I sent it to Cody and because I know that he hates it. And he was like – What'd you say? You were like, I fucking hate that shit or something <laughs> like that. You just said it with so much emphasis. It was, was hilarious. Pissed. Yeah, it like pisses him off every so, time. And this is so I'm gonna I'm gonna uh I'm pulling up a study they did on backsplash. Oh yeah. From urine. That's fucking gross. Yeah. So it it's telling me uh let's see here. People walking around with piss in their toenails. <laughs> Disgusting. In the absence of dividers between urinals, it would not be unlikely for urine droplets to travel a distance of five feet to the side of the urinator. Damn. So that's to the side. So imagine straight back at you. Yeah. That's why. Have you ever pissed in like a kid's ur- urinal and it just like sprays you, like splashes back on your shins <laughs> yeah. and you're like, oh, it's nasty. We, we were so we when we drove, we were looking for houses yesterday. We were looking for houses and we we were in fucking. You always say like you're in bumfuck Egypt, bro. Yeah. If you would have seen where we were, that yeah. maps took us way far. That's why we didn't like and try to get the house but we stopped at a wendy's because shannon was like i'm about to pee like out of nowhere she was like bad so we like pull over she runs and then i'm gonna go take a piss and it was like the only one there was like these little tiny stall and i walk out like kind of frowning she's like what's wrong with you and i was like i got piss on my shins and she's like what <laughs> i was like it's spl- the backsplash and she just didn't get it and yeah. i was like yeah it just fucking comes right back at you it's annoying yeah. like but uh or it's those ones that are like really long yeah. and they go to the floor so yeah. it just hits the wall. Yeah, because but, there's just so much fucking impact. But I got two things. One, it's my piss. Two, I'm wearing sweats. <laughs> for for uh, the barefoot bandit over here, yeah. he's stepping in my piss that yeah, splashed. Yeah. That's and, and like a hundred other guys who Bro, have been there before that's him. That's hella nasty. Yeah. That's why sometimes I'll purposely walk into the stall to take a piss because I know it's not going to have that big issue because there's like a bunch of water in yeah. there. But even then, you're still gonna get you're still gonna get splashed. Like I know that I you know yeah. I, I pissed in a toilet bowl before, and like you know it, it, it comes out just that's because of shoes. the sheer impact. Yeah, that's why we got shoes, motherfuckers. <laughs> so uh, my favorite shoes to wear <laughs> for training, I, I I've been wearing those Nike Free Run Trainer or no Free Trainer 1.0s. They're they're the best Nikes you're gonna get though for yeah. training because they are super flat and they have a super wide. Oh, you're toe. talking about like the minimus. Yeah, the white yeah, ones yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. So those are super good. I like those a lot. They're they don't even flexible. sell them on Nike anymore. No, which dude, is they're stupid. I don't know why. Probably, they probably didn't sell enough because they look weird and they're just not like nobody uh-huh. walks around on them. That you know sucks. What I mean? Yeah. So like I, I have those, but I would choose those or like Innovates. I think Innovates are good. I haven't worn them, but I've heard good things about them. And there's that new brand called Noble, which I think is a stupid fucking name to have for a a shoe brand but I've heard really good things about them flat but they have enough cushion that wide toe box they're like have you ever tried those vibrant shoes or the, like the, the toe, the toe? Shoes? yeah yeah I used to wear those uh, like when I went through my functional oh, really? phase you know like when like squatting on a BOSU ball came out yeah and like when we were like in college yeah. and it was like oh shit everything has to be like functional so I was like oh, I gotta wear these toe shoes right 
So, yeah, but, dude, like, trying to get my pinky to extend into that toe box yeah. was, like, oh, took yeah. me five minutes yeah. to put those fucking yeah, things on. Yeah, shit's, like, glued together. And then I had to buy special socks that fit in there. Oh, yeah. And then I lost one sock, and I bought a pair for, like, 25 bucks, and I was like, Damn. okay, fuck these shoes. I'm yeah. done. No more. But, uh, yeah, I think I think people try to go to, like, the, the, the one thing I will say, there's a million different shoes you can wear. The best thing to do is, one, start training with, with no shoes, like Theo said, just socks on. Or... Just don't get thick ass running shoes. Like I see a lot of people that get like the the like Nike Roshis or like Air Maxes because they look fucking cool, yeah. but those are not good yeah, for training. Most worst. free runs are even yeah. shitty too. So yeah. it's like, and the, and it's bad for ankle mobility yeah. too, right? And that's yeah. just gonna travel up. Um, you're gonna experience knee issues over time. I guarantee it. Gonna lead to hip issues. Yeah, exactly. Low so, back issues. Yeah. <laughs> just fucking. Yeah, it all it's starts at the feet. It's crazy how much stuff actually starts from the feet and the ankles. That yeah. that will lead to the rest yeah. of your body. Actually, I, actually, like when when you know, I recommended barefoot. Um, yes, I went with socks on, but I I ended up taking my socks off uh, because well, one they made me, um, and then I figured out I was like, okay, well, this is actually a lot better. It's part of the cool. and I get grip. So. You know, wear socks when you're around Cody because he gets pissed off. But I actually recommend just yeah. barefoot. Period. No, I get it. I just I think it's weird when like like we had I don't remember what it was at the old gym. We had an event and a dude walked into I the know gym exactly with no who shoes you're talking on. About. Yeah. I'm just yeah. not gonna say it. He walked yeah. into the gym with no shoes on. Yeah. I'm like, bro, were you driving with no shoes on? Yeah. And then you come in and then you just chill and you're at a seminar all day with your fucking shoes off. Like, oh, Drew, Drew and I from uh, Impact oh. and uh, and Riley were at a uh, whistle stop over here at, uh, during lunch, right and. There was no. people who were at the Strong First Cert who were walking over to Whistle Stop who were barefoot. So not only were they training here barefoot, which is fine, bro, you're but step then on a they're just, yeah, I'm like, you're in downtown Renton, bro. Like, <laughs> you might get AIDS, you know? <laughs> Come on, dude. Yeah. There's, gonna, there's guaranteed to be, you know, a, a heroin addict or a meth addict or something like that who fucking. Downtown Renton's not that bad, right? You know, <laughs> but. But, dude, nowadays you, know, you can go anywhere and find anywhere. a fucking needle, yeah. some glass, fucking anything. Yeah. God damn. All right. Next one we got. Jeff Andreas. Did you get a chance to meet him when he was over here? He, he came out here from Canada. Uh, no. Really dope. He's been following my content for a while. He's been following the podcast for a while. Shout out to him. I think it's really dope when people make... He came from Canada, not like Vancouver, like above fucking like the Great Lakes area. I can't remember what... It wasn't like... Quebec is the only thing that comes into my mind in Montreal, but it's one of those uh, things. But he's not a TFW guy, no. He does his own thing out there, but really, uh, really dope to see people come that far to like grow. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, and shit, I had some. I had a couple clients from uh, the East Coast, Jersey. Dana came out here first time I got to meet her, which was really cool. But traveling for this shit, it's just dope. Um, so thyroid issues, particularly hypothyroidism. How people should train, eat, and supplement around it. So. Let me break down what hypothyroidism is at first. So we have hypo and hyper. So hyper is when it's overactive. So your, your thyroid is moving too quick and therefore the rest of your body is kind of moving too quick. So typically you're really hot all the time. So you get like night sweats. Um, your metabolism is usually really fast. So you actually lose weight too quick, um, possibly muscle as well, depending on how you're taking care of your body and your nutrition. Um, and hypothyroidism is the exact opposite. Everything slows way down. Um, there's more likelihood of like being depressed and, and fatigue and all these different things. Fatigue is pretty high in hyper, I believe, because you're going so fast. Your muscles, like they'll get muscle spasms, muscle cramps a lot because they're constantly moving and going. Um, hypothyroidism, your metabolism is going to be really slow and everything. So 
Number one thing is like when we talk about supplements, I don't suggest anybody go get some like thyroid replacement right off the bat. Now you might need some thyroid medication from a doctor in order to get it to a healthy place, but in most situations, you should be able to do this through your nutrition and your training and everything like that. Um, so the only natural supplements I can recommend is really like a greens drink, like athletic greens and uh, fish oil because both of those are going to have enough uh, positive effect on all your hormones and therefore you're probably going to be better off. So with the fish oil and we'll go into how they should eat is this is part of it, healthy fats. Like the way I would split up somebody's nutrition um, and the reason like I'm going in on this is because I've had a bunch of clients that it came to me that are like, oh, I fucked up thyroid. I'm like, okay, let's attack it through nutrition. Training part is easy. Don't overtrain, right? Like I think people, it, you shouldn't be focused on, and we, we see this all the time with just plenty of stuff. If you have any issue like that or even like super low T or it doesn't matter what it is, you should focus on improving your hormonal balance versus changing your body composition right. because you're not going to change your body composition until you take care of the thyroid, right? So for training, I would actually suggest deloading for the most part. I wouldn't, I would over recover and under train if anything. Um, and just, just focus less on like super intense stuff. Like maybe go like more bodybuilding style where you're, you're just focusing on a pump. You're not going super heavy. You're not overly fatiguing yourself. Um, uh, don't train six days a week, train three or four at most. And then your cardio would be like walking, like super chill for nutrition. I think people like this should eat like four or five meals a day and it should be spread out evenly throughout the day. So like, because thyroid, especially if you're most females are the ones that uh, suffer from thyroid issues, they uh, their hormones are going to regulate or balance out better on like nutrient feedings throughout the day, right? So I think that having four or five meals a day allows you to get nutrients into the body throughout the day constantly. And all you're going to really focus on is protein and some healthy fats and then some good veggies in every single meal. Put your carbs around training, especially if you have um, hypothyroidism because your metabolism is pretty slow. But the biggest thing, and this is where like people really need to grab on to, is your daily calories should not be super low. So like if you're having issues with your thyroid, especially hyper, but even with hypo, I don't think you should be in a big deficit. Even though your metabolism is slow, if you try to diet so you don't gain weight because typically with hypothyroidism, you might gain weight. You're going to be in a more of a starvation mode. Your, your thyroid is going to actually have less nutrients to function off of and it's going to get worse and worse. So for those people, I would actually put you out of maintenance and just be smart about the foods you're eating. Be smart about your training and just be patient because your thyroid will get better and then your body composition will start to train. For anybody with hyperthyroidism, your metabolism is going through the roof. I would actually eat a little bit more. So maintenance or surplus and just be patient and let your body just recover. Like that's the biggest thing I think is just sleep well, eat well, focus on those things and you will slowly start to um, improve the thyroid. And once you improve the thyroid, you can finally start to improve your body composition. Boom. Boom. I got nothing to add. So uh, on that, no, the next note, we got um, another guy that came out to the Charles. All right. How do you, how do you say that? Uh, Gould. 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 Charles Gould. <laughs> He's gonna laugh when he hears this. Charles Gould. Uh, uh, I, I, cool I was gonna say <laughs> Charles Gould member. I was gonna say good or goad because I'm thinking like could because it's spelled like could but not, with a G. Good. I don't think it's good. Could. Good. I mean, so do a, do us a favor just to confirm. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Gould. Dude, he used to play for the Athletics. Oakland, the Oakland A's. Yeah. Oh, no. I think it was the Athletics. Yeah, because he was on. A, he's playing baseball. He's in Chicago now. He's training people. He came out to the summit as well. Um, 
this guy that uh, he asked Joe Jameson to take our picture. Oh, okay, up, okay. Yeah. Which I thought was funny. Yeah. Um, good guy. He, he got fucked over by Uber, and I got to drive him and found out he was a big fan. We got to talk about shit. He had some oh. uh, gut health questions, and we just, like, I got to rant for, like, 10 minutes while I drove him across the block. His question is, best dietary approach to gain muscle and minimize fat gain? I, fat gain. I know it's essentially impossible, but, hey, I thought I'd try. Best hey. dietary Approach. Approach. Yeah, and then he wanted to know, have you ever heard of Berardi's G-Flux concept, which we can talk about in a sec. But I think, like he said it himself, I know it's essentially impossible, yeah. but hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, actually, you know what? Like, I got, a, I got a strategy for you, bro. Steroids. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's like the only way to get it. Um, yeah, I think that... So there, there's a couple ways to do this. I, I honestly just think that you just need to commit some time to, to just build in size and not worry about fat loss. Now He's a pretty big dude already. Yeah, he was, he was really good. But actually, now that I read it again, he said best dietary approach to gain muscle and minimize fat gain. So he's not saying lose fat. Right. I think that's impossible. Yeah. But really, just go slow. Like They've done studies on this. If you try to bulk up 10 pounds in three months, you're going to gain fat. But if you try to bulk up 10 pounds in a year and a half, you probably won't actually – build a bunch of fat as well you can actually keep fat to a pretty uh, low minimum so the best approach in my mind is be in a very small surplus especially if you've been training as long as you've been training like once you're in advance you can only expect to gain like i think it's a quarter to a half a pound at most of muscle per month and that's if you really commit to it so your surplus should be like 50 to 100 calories a day which doesn't seem like a lot it's really not that much at all spend 12 to 16 weeks trying to gain like that and then spend four to eight weeks on a quick fat loss cut just to minimize whatever you did gain and then go eat, back to just it. Just eat like seven almonds before you go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, that's 100 calories. Like, literally add a quarter cup of rice. Like, But I, I think it's just like, again, it goes back to like everything we talk about. Is yeah. just, it's not sexy enough. It's not cool enough. You got to go on a bulk, bro. Like, So I would just suggest that. And then with the uh, G-Flux, this is actually pretty cool. And this is what we were talking about in the last podcast. Um so if you haven't heard the bigger round summit, go back to that. But essentially, G-Flux is finding energy balance. So they did studies that say eat more, train more. You're going to gain more muscle mass, and you virtually will actually lose body fat, if not keep it to a minimum. So I think that depends on a lot of different factors. But, I mean, John Berardi had some before and afters where he did this with athletes where they would be – I mean, they've been training for years. And he would up their calories by 500 to 1,000, but he would purposely add like two or three training sessions even if they were doing two-a-days at this point. But the thing was is they're not under-recovering because they're consuming so many more calories yeah. and they're not trying to be in a deficit, right? So they're burning a lot of calories but they're eating just as much if not more. And these people's bodies adapted. So I think that's the big key. So if you really want to try to like minimize and gain as much as possible, I would probably eat more, burn more. Um, or you can go with the route of just like slowly, slowly adding weight and then cutting every once in a while. Like bodybuilder style. Yeah. Go research like natural bodybuilders. I think the issue is is like the most famous bodybuilders are on steroids. And if you watch what they do, it, it's unrealistic yeah. for anybody else. But if you go to like uh, 3DMJ or these like really high-level natural bodybuilders, it's the most boring process in the world. But that's why they're world champions at natural bodybuilding. And that's why natural bodybuilding isn't that popular. And fucking Mr. Olympia is because right. it's like a freak show. Those guys sit down and eat three pounds of chicken breasts. It's fucking crazy, bro. Yeah. They're in real He's life. They're, dude, you know what's crazy? It's getting more and more obnoxious. Like if you look at the guys from Mr. Olympia stage this year, dude, they're just on a whole entire different level. And every year, I'm like, there's no these guys are gonna explode if they get any bigger. Yeah. And then they get bigger. It's fucking. It's, it's gross, but it's insane. T Nation actually did this article on uh, on steroids. I forget the dude who actually did the article, but it was uh, I Recently? read it on T Nation. Yeah. Did you read it? 
It, it was it the one that said like uh, minimum. Uh, what a or no? I was thinking they did. They just did a testosterone replacement therapy one too. So that uh, I didn't read either. They one they, them, they talked a little bit about that, but um, pretty much uh, you know they they did this uh, they did this study right. They they actually gave people um, steroids right, and then they they had a group that was it was just placebo right. Yeah. So they they didn't give them any oh, steroids yeah. right. So. I saw uh, that. <laughs> and they gave them like this minimum, like like a low dosage. It wasn't yeah. like what these fucking bodybuilders are taking, right? Mm-hmm. They're not pumping. They weren't pumping these guys full of shit. So uh, yes, they put on they put on a shit ton of muscle. But what they actually what they were actually um, trying to figure out was, uh, um, you know, how how it was affecting them. So what they did at the end of the study was they tested people, right? They just gave them like this random drug test, and uh, they didn't know whether they were actually taking steroids or if they were in the placebo group. Right? Yeah. They were completely, they had no idea. Yeah. So uh, some of the people who were actually taking steroids, right, they didn't, uh, they didn't, it didn't show up in their, in their P-test, right? So then they started looking at, okay, well, like, yes, they, they took steroids, right? They got this uh, X amount of uh, strength gain and, and, and muscle mass, which they put on, I think it was like in a six-week period, they put on 10 more pounds than the guys that were in the placebo group, right? Jesus Christ. In fucking six weeks, right? Put on 10 more pounds of muscle. That's the issue with it is that sounds so appealing. Yeah, it does. But at the end of that six weeks when they when they did the test and these you know and it didn't show up then it would like they concluded with you know how many professional athletes in the world are doing this minimum effective dose and like they might not know it whether they know it or not they're getting away like yeah. you know what i mean like they're passing these these p tests so yeah. it's all over sports and you know I, I guarantee it's all over the ufc um you know it's in the nfl yeah. um it's in baseball obviously basketball is the only pure sport <laughs> <laughs> basketball and soccer are the only pure sports i like to i like to add um but no i think that uh I think that it's crazy, like, how, how far, like, science has come, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, they they have it down now. And these people hire doctors, yeah. you know, whether it's in, like, Mexico or the Dominican Republic where these guys are specializing in this shit um, to, to give them this minimum effect, effective dose. Now, are they going to keep that once they stop taking steroids? That's the problem, right? Yeah. These athletes now have to perform year-round. Yeah. So they, you know, they have to continually take steroids in, in order for them to keep that that uh that strength gain right because once you once you taper off that's the problem that's why guys can obviously they they take it so much is because then they they find out you know okay i started at my one rep max on a bench press was 315 yeah at the end of 12 weeks or eight weeks or whatever it's at 350 pounds and then okay i cycle off of it then they're back down to like 325 but i think the issue is because what I will say is that it's from from a science perspective they've done this. It's much easier to maintain muscle mass and strength than it is to gain, right? So the issue is is that a lot of these guys who do steroids and even at the top level, like I'm talking Mr. Olympia, have stupid training programs. Right. Like there's actually no science to it, but they get results because they're on so much steroids. Because someone like Ben Kolsky, who is fucking huge, 
he stopped taking stories because he's trying to lose weight because he wants to live longer and he wants to start doing different types of physical activity. He talks about this on his podcast. So he stopped doing all this stuff and he's has to work in order to take off muscle mass. But it's because he is one of the like the few guys that actually knows the science behind stuff. He's actually really, really fucking smart. He just knew that if he wanted to take his body to that level, he had to do steroids. So I think it depends on a lot of things. I think that some of those guys actually can maintain a lot of their strength and muscle if they program properly. Just unfortunately, they don't. Right. Now, obviously, not all of it because you're not going to be able to. And I think this is like the, the biggest issue is that if they got to 350, they would be – I believe they would be able to maintain that if not really close to that without steroids if they programmed right but they'll never be able to exceed that because it took them steroids to get up to that right, point right. and I think that's the issue because that's a depressing thought yeah, for an athlete yeah. I can never get better I'm done and that's why yeah. people get addicted to steroids because then they get to a point where it's like literally the only way I can get better is if I continue to take these steroids yeah. and that's like depressing because I can't imagine like if someone was like hey just let you know you're never going to get stronger or more athletic or better conditioning yeah. I'd be like dude why the fuck am I training now, I still would do some kind of training, but I would take it a lot less serious. But I know that there's so many things that I can improve on. It's cr- like, it's just, there's a lot to that. But, um, all right, so this one's going to be a quick one because we, we did a whole entire episode on supplements. I'd love to learn more about supplements. Which ones are actually beneficial and what's just a load of BS? So I'm going to greens. I'm going to say first what I think is BS, and then I'm just going to, like, let's just talk about what okay. we take. Cool. 90% of everything is bullshit. Yeah. If it's, if it's not natural or if it doesn't come from an animal or the earth, I think it's bullshit. If it doesn't – if you can't get it through food, I think it's bullshit. If it has the word hardcore on it, it's bullshit. If it has 2.0 on it, it's bullshit. That being said, I personally take a probiotic, a fish oil, and a green drink and yeah. that's literally it. Now, I mean I take creatine too. So I take creatine. I think that's a, that's a good uh, supplement. Both supplements. Yep. Uh, or that or optimum nutrition I know are both backed up. But here's the thing with that too is you actually get that in meat. So it's still another natural one. Um, Fish oil is fucking great for you. Probiotic. And that's really all I take. Vitamin D because I live in Seattle. But, again, I could get that through nutrition if I really wanted yeah. to. Um, apple cider vinegar if you if you count that. But it's not even – You really- know that that's actually, uh, it's actually a myth or supposedly, right? I read this article um, on that and uh, it was local. It was locally done. It was, it was in the Seattle uh, metropolitan area. And uh, – so they actually tested, right? Because like, there's this theory that okay, well, everybody's if I live, yeah, in- everybody's low in vitamin D. If you, you know, if you live in, you know, this type of climate, which is, you know, some people just naturally produce produce more vitamin D. Yeah. Some people yeah. naturally produce less. So there's actually a lot of people here who think that they might even be taking a vitamin D supplement, but they already naturally produce a lot of vitamin D. Out, yeah. yeah, exactly. So they just flush it out, and they might be wasting forty bucks a month. So, so. the only thing I would debate with that is that. Dr. Rhonda Patrick did, did a bunch of studies, and they actually found that even people in California were low. Oh, yeah. So it's not necessarily a region. It's just because people are so much less outside. Yeah. Um, and again, that's not everybody. You're right. And there are people that can be like hyper-responders that just produce more. Um, but I think it's one of those things – and she recommended going to get tested too. She, But she said the higher majority of people are low. So I'm in my mind, I'm like, fuck it. I'll spend 10 bucks and take some extra. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I would love to get tested. Um, so what do you take? I take same thing. I take Athletic Greens. That is, I'm gonna plug them because uh, I, I love their supplement. So it's just a greens drink. Um, you know, I, I put that in every morning with uh, creatine. Same thing. I get it from Bulk Supplements. They give you this huge fucking bag, pure cre- pre- uh, creatine monohydrate. Uh, put it in a tablespoon of that with my greens drink, and um, I don't take. Uh, I, I do take protein. 
but only, I mean, we got Fit Bar here. So, like, I've, I have them concoct this drink for me. They don't even have it on the menu. It's Athletic Greens, and then it's the plant-based protein. I get two scoops of that. So it's like 48 grams of protein and then uh, my Athletic Greens. So I take Athletic Greens twice a day, and then um, I get two scoops of the protein powder, which I believe Dude's is... Dude's poops like, are on point. Man, it's um, we're talking like four day, like, <laughs> you know, healthy. It's it's a great You're thing. You're eating a lot at that point, um, too. Yeah, I do. I do eat a lot, uh, but... I think that as far as as far as supplement goes, like I'm not a huge fan. Just obviously creatine, especially if you want to. For me, my goal right now is just maintaining the muscle mass that that I have. It's not necessarily putting on muscle. I'm happy right. with where I'm at. I'm smaller than I've been in you know a, a few years, um, but I'm completely okay with it. Um, and then uh, yeah, my athletic greens like and you're for still me, a pretty big dude. Let's be honest. Um, yeah, I mean. I guess, like, for me, it's just, like, I, I look at it to where I was, and yeah, then, like, there's this, there's this huge gap, but it, it's not, it doesn't even, it doesn't bother me. I think, know, too, like, like if, I, if I pumped a thousand grams of carbohydrates in your body, you would get a crazy pump, and you would look way bigger. Right. So, the fact that you were eating six to eight hundred, hundred carbs per day yeah. made you constantly, like, full. Yeah. Right? So, I think that, and that's not comfortable to do, man. No. Like, I think that, obviously, some of that can build into, like, pure muscle that lasts, but I just, I don't know, I don't think that's a lifestyle yeah. to live. Um, but yeah, those are the only, those are the only thing. I don't, I don't take vitamin D. I don't take a multivitamin. Um, you know, if you, if you look at everything that's in athletic greens, you can actually, uh, source it to food. Yeah. You could, well, yeah, source it to real food, but you can also, um, you don't have to buy a multivitamin. You also yeah. don't have to buy a probiotic. Um, I actually do have another probiotic that I do take. Um, so man, like, you know what I mean? Like I just Digestive make sure that, are in yeah, there. I just make sure that my gut health is on point more than anything. Yeah, me too. Um, so last question we got from James, is it Kraus or Kraus? Kraus. Kraus. Okay. That's what I thought. I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I said it was so much certainty that yeah. I backed out last second. I got to work on so that. So he said, uh, nutrition question. I already answered this in our forum. So again, guys, if you're not in the mind versus muscle team page, Look in the show notes, click the link, jump in there, and you can actually ask us questions. And we had one, two, three, four, five, five answers for him, um, including mine. So he, he said, nutrition question, when I have my female clients start tracking their macros, they usually are eating very little and hardly getting protein in. And when I ask them about it, I get the response. I don't like to eat that much. I'm full or it's just too much food. How do I get them to eat more? Most women I have tracking their macros only eat about 800 to 1,000 of their 1,300 to 1,500 calories. So I broke down four points of what I think you need to do, and I'm just going to kind of talk about those, and you can tell me if you agree or not. Um, First one, I said make sure they're actually only eating that much. Many times they are mistracking and eating more than they believe, and we see that all the fucking time. Like I'm like, okay, these are all your meals. So what did you cook in? Oh, olive oil. Okay, well, let's add that in. Boom, 400 extra calories across your meals, right? Um, Are you taking any supplements? This, this, and this. Okay, let's see how many calories in those. 50 each. Okay, cool. Add those, right? What beverages do you have? Do you have condiments? Did you measure your fucking uh, salad dressing? Yeah. Right? So a lot of times people can add 400 calories to a salad just from their salad dressing. And it's not that like – and I'm not saying that's bad, but – it, it means that they're not really eating 1,800 or 800 calories. They're probably eating like 1,500. And if we can switch those to good, healthier foods and measure those like not-so-healthy foods to be a little bit lower, they'll lose weight without even changing their macros. Right. So I think that's an important thing to think about before you add calories. Um, number two, I said get them on a shake once a day even if it's – or if it's uh, one to two protein shakes a day. Uh, they're going to need more calories if they plan to lose body fat. For a long haul and protein is the easiest way to bump calories up uh, – 
out the gate without adding any body fat. So I think that's important because if somebody's eating 1,500 calories and they're only eating five or 50 grams of protein, but they need to lose weight, I don't want to drop their calories super low. So what I'll do is go, okay, let's drop carbs and fat while bringing protein up. Their calories stay the same, but their body composition changes quite a bit. Because, I mean, correct me if like you think different, but what, 90% of the people you get, especially females that come in, they're probably under eating protein. Yeah, for sure. It's crazy. So, um, and I'm not talking eating like over your body weight and protein or even just under that, like, but most people are getting like a quarter of their body weight and protein in most cases. Uh, number three, I said, get them to schedule out meals beforehand. I was like, usually they skip meals and that's why it's hard for them to eat so much because they have to eat two to three monster meals to get their calories in. So I see this a lot where people will be busy and skip breakfast or skip lunch at work because they have too much work to do and then they only eat dinner and then they end up having like, they're like, how the fuck am I supposed to eat a thousand calories at dinner? But if they separated their meals and they ate 300 to 500 calories per meal four or five times a day, it'd be a lot easier to eat those calories without feeling super full or bloated. So that's a big one. And then the last one I said is explain that they need to eat and eat often so they can get their calories up. The relationship of food for them now is eat less uh, eat less, lose more. So break down. That's not true. So essentially like what we've been talking about the G flux is like, if you're going to move more, you need to eat more. And that's the only way your body's going to support fat loss on the long haul. These products you buy online that are 30 days tell you to move more, eat less. And then you lose a bunch of water weight and you lose a bunch of weight for the first 30 days. And then you either gain weight back or you completely stop and you're stuck with these low calories. Once you bump them up, you're screwed. Yeah. So start out the gate with a smart coach who's going to have you move more and eat more and just have you on a healthier diet. <laughs> bless you so i think that's like probably the biggest thing and and obviously i covered every aspect of that but i wanted to put this on because i know we have a ton of trainers who probably struggle with that same thing right so the best thing is is i think eating and and you can and there's no studies to prove this but i've heard multiple really smart people in the nutrition field state this as well that they believe this and i believe this too and i guarantee you do as well you can if you had two thousand calories and it came from completely flexible dieting where you're getting a lot of junk in those calories versus eating it from all whole foods, you would probably store less body fat from the whole foods. Right. Guaranteed. Because your body's going to absorb and digest better. So trying to switch into more whole foods is going to be a good way to just get them going right off the bat. And especially if you're going to up calories, like make sure those calories are coming from good sources. So I actually had a client who um, is really uh, the guy up in Seattle from Amazon, right? So he he's been really good about flexible dieting and it was the and it was the smartest thing i could have done because it got him from eating crap to focusing on calories and learning how to eat better right so he fit in food truck almost every day because it was right outside his work he yeah. was he was working a ton and at the moment i was like dude we just need to lose body fat so he's down four inches on his stomach and like 24 pounds so he put on a good amount of muscle during the six month period but he had a plateau and I was like, all right, let's start shifting your foods to like really prepping and kind of going bodybuilder style. Like, dude, like eat a lot of greens, eat a lot of lean meats, like focus on a little bit more plain stuff, but get creative with it. And he instantly broke his plateau, same calories, same everything. So it just shows you that like health actually matters yeah, and he feels sure. way fucking better too. Yeah. So that would be my uh, recommendations for that. I like it. If you love the mind versus muscle podcast, want more free content, and you want to support the movement, share this podcast and leave us a five-star rating and review to get your questions answered on the next episode. See the show notes for our social media handles and hashtag mind versus muscle.